open your Bibles this morning, please, to uh, Genesis chapter 17. I was surprised uh, last night. I wasn't scheduled to teach Sunday school this morning, but I wanted to see what we were studying. And I was surprised when I opened up my quarterly and saw that we're covering uh, some of the same material today in our sermon. We've already covered some of what you went over in Sunday school. And so I didn't know till after 10 o'clock last night. So be interesting. Some of you have already uh, gotten prepared even better uh, as you studied this morning in Sunday school from the life of Abraham. And uh, now we come again as we're going uh, basically chapter by chapter. And by the way, for those that will be coming next week, your guests for Friend Day, we're going to continue with our Abraham series. So you can uh, invite them to that and tell them we're studying the life of Abraham. And uh, we'll be looking at Abraham again next week, God willing. We're in chapter 17 this morning, and uh, we studied chapter 16 last week. And really, if you want to know the honest truth, 13 years passed between those two chapters. When you close out chapter 16, and then you go into verse 1 of chapter 17, 13 years uh, rolled by in the lives of these people we're studying about. Ishmael uh, is now 13 years old. Uh, Abram is uh, 99 years old. And Sarai is uh, 89 years old. And uh, we're not told if the Lord revealed himself or said anything to Abram uh, during those 13 years. We suspect not. But as we come to chapter 17, the Lord has a word for Abram again. And as we read it together today, I think the message at face value is quite clear. And we're going to dig a little deeper, I think, today at what God has for us. But let's read it. I'll begin reading at chapter 17, beginning verse 1. The Bible says in Genesis 17, 1, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also, I give to you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan is an everlasting possession. Thou will be their God. And God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your descendants after you. Every male child among you shall be circumcised and you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins. And it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male child in your generations he who is born in your house or bought with money or any foreigner who is not your descendant. He who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money must be circumcised. And my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Verse 14 says, And the uncircumcised male child who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his, from his people. He has broken my covenant. Then God said to Abraham, 
As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, for, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Then I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? And shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Then God said, No, Sarah, your wife shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him faithful, or fruitful rather, and I will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear you at this set time next year. Then he finished talking with him, and God went up from Abraham. So Abraham took Ishmael his son. All who were born in his house and all who were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house and circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very same day as God had said to him. Abraham was ninety nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. And Ishmael, his son, was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very same day, Abraham was circumcised and his son Ishmael and all the men of his house, born in his house or bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace. You are the one we adore and praise and honor. Bless this time in your word. Speak through your servant now. May your will be done in this place. May you receive all the honor and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. This is pretty straightforward, is it not? Uh, The Lord reaffirms his covenant with Abram, uh, promising an abundant seed, the land, and even kings and nations coming from him. The Lord gives Abram a new name, the name that we know him better by, the name of Abraham. Uh, Abram means exalted father. Abraham means the father of a multitude or father of many, as we see him promising here. He's promised a son by his wife, Sarai, who also receives a new name, Sarah, uh, meaning princess. And many believe that Sarai was also a form of that. Some think it meant something else, but Sarah meant princess. He's given a sign of the covenant and he's commanded to keep this sign. And the sign was circumcision. Just as the rainbow, which we still see today, is a sign of the Noahic covenant, we find that circumcision is given as a sign of the Abrahamic covenant. Uh, He's given assurance that God would even bless Ishmael, uh, the one whom they ran ahead of God's timing and had uh, by Hagar, uh, Sarai's maid. But Ishmael's not going to be the one that God's going to give the covenant through and establish his covenant. No, God is going to give Abraham and Sarah a son, their own son, named Isaac. And we find that Abraham obeys. He himself and his son and all the males within his house are circumcised. Now that brings us to us. And that brings us to today. And the question is, what lessons do we take from this passage of Scripture? 
And I had to go to the Lord and seek his will and and seek his counsel as to exactly what it is that he wanted us to take away from this passage of Scripture. Not the easiest passage of Scripture to preach on. What message does he have for us here today? And I believe that the lesson he wants us to get can be summarized in three simple words. And those three simple words summarize the life of Abraham here. And they summarize what should be true about our lives as believers living in the church age. Just three simple words. Are you ready for them? Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Now, when you hear those words, you probably think about the old hymn that we sing called Trust and Obey. You may even know the song, you know some of the words, maybe you could even sing many, much of it from memory today. But do you know the story behind the song Trust and Obey? Let me give it to you as I learned it by reading what Cliff Barrows had to say about it. Trust and Obey. He said the inspiration for the hymn's writing came in 1886, a long time ago, during an occasion when D.B. Towner was leading singing for the evangelist D.L. Moody in Brockton, Massachusetts. In a testimony service which took place, he heard a young man say these words. I am not quite sure, but I'm going to trust and I'm going to obey. Well, Towner jotted those words down quickly and sent them to his friend, J.H. Samus. J.H. Samus was a Presbyterian minister and he received the message and he developed it into an entire full hymn. The refrain came first and, and it's a capsule version of the entire song. And then the verses came later. Cliff Barrow said that the song emphasized the two aspects of being a Christian, faith and good works. And he said it places them in proper order. We come to Christ without any plea, but that he shed his blood for us. But after we trust Christ, our faith must be translated into action. Because God loves us and we love God, we seek to obey him and do his will in every area of our life. Trust and obey. But Beryl said he's afraid that some Christians are tempted to think negatively about a commitment and obedience to God. To submit to the commands to die to self and to present your body as a living sacrifice sounds like a very painful thing. He writes, but the truth is clearly stated this hymn. We never can prove that his experience the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. There's no other way to be happy but to trust and obey. Do we imagine that God who loves us so much? Would wish us anything less than that which brings us complete fulfillment in life. We can trust God to manage our affairs better than we can ourselves. And speaking of D.L. Moody, here's what D.L. Moody once said. The blood, that is the blood of Christ, makes us safe. The word of God alone makes us sure. Obedience to God makes us happy. What a formula. For poised and successful Christian living. The death and resurrection of Christ provide a full and free salvation. God's word assures us that it's settled for all eternity. And allowing God to order our lives each day ensures complete serenity and happiness. Trust and obey. Do you believe that today? 
Do you believe that God has your very best in mind? Do you believe you can trust Him with your life? I mean, many would say that I've trusted Him for all eternity with my soul. But beloved, have you trusted Him with your very day-to-day living? To trust Him and obey. You know, when you consider Abraham, you consider the story behind that hymn. We're reminded that Abraham trusted and obeyed God. We know that Abraham believed God. He trusted God. It was counted to him for righteousness. He was saved by faith, just as everyone is saved by grace through faith. The Bible is clear on that. Galatians 3, 6 and 7 says, just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. He was saved. He was redeemed. He was declared righteous before we ever find this, this circumcision that's instituted in this passage. And it's very important you understand that. He saved long before here. Why? Paul was very clear concerning this. Jot these references down. Romans 4, 11 and 12. Romans 4, 11 and 12. Paul writing to the Romans says that he received the sign of circumcision. A seal of the righteousness of the faith which he had while still uncircumcised. That he might be the father of all those who believe. Though they are uncircumcised. That righteousness might be imputed to them, to them also. And the father of the circumcision to those who are not only are the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. You have to understand he was declared righteous before we ever come to chapter 17. Now, as believers today, what does this whole idea about circumcision mean to us? We have to understand the circumcision for the believer is not a physical circumcision. It is a spiritual circumcision. Jot these references down. Colossians 2, 11 and 12. Listen to what it says. In him, you are also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism. In which also you were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Listen to these verses. Romans 2, 28, 29. Listen carefully. For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly. Nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. Listen. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit. Not in the letter. Whose praise is not from men, but from God. So for us, circumcision today is not an outward thing. It's not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. Circumcision of the heart. Now here in Genesis 17, we find the seal, the sign of the covenant. The Abrahamic covenant. And we find that Abraham entered into a relationship with God by faith. And he continued in his walk with the Lord by faith. And we find here, even today, in chapter 17, that he trusted and obeyed. Now, how is it that Abraham was able to trust in such a great way here? He's been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for a child. Abraham is 99 years old His wife is 89 years old, and they still don't have a son. God has made it plain that it was not going to be uh, through his servant, Eliezer. 
God has made it plain, the covenant, the promise is not going to be through Ishmael. It's going to be through one of his very own. Abraham and Sarah's son, Isaac. But they didn't have Isaac. He was not on the scene. Sarah is barren. As somebody said, her womb was a tomb. She's barren. We we further understand that they were both past the age of childbearing. In fact, if you want to listen, Hebrews 11, 11 and 12 says this. By faith, Sarah also, uh, excuse me, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful. It promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. How is this possible? You have two people past the age of childbearing, 99, 89. Can you you imagine having a baby at 190, by the way? Can you imagine that? I'm tired and I'm young. I can't imagine that. How is this possible? 100 years old, 90 years old, going to have a bouncing baby boy named Isaac. Well, we're told right away in our passage here. Genesis chapter 17, here's the answer, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am Almighty God. God came and said, I am El Shaddai. I am God all-powerful. I am God all-sufficient. What is impossible with man is possible with God. He is the Almighty One. He is faithful and He is promised. He said, I'm Almighty God. And that's why Abraham could trust. That's why Abraham could do the very next step, and that is obey. Because God gave him a very difficult assignment here. Uh, What he's telling Abraham to do at the age of 99 was not easy. It involved pain. It involved blood. To be circumcised at the age of 99. And it says here that Abram did it on the very same day. Twice it says that. He didn't sit around thinking about it. He did what God told him to do. And it's a reminder to all of us today, beloved. Listen, it's a reminder to all of us that not all of God's commands are easy. Not all of God's commands are easy. God has not promised a smooth sailing, but he has promised us a safe landing. Praise the Lord. But not smooth sailing. But because of the trust that Abraham had in God. And who God is, he was able to step out in obedience, even when it was difficult. And the same thing is true for us. God may bring some difficult things into our lives. God may guide us some areas that are not easy, but we can trust that he is El Shaddai. He is God Almighty. He's God all sufficient. He's faithful and he has our very best interest at heart. And he's not willing to harm. He's not wanting to harm us. He's not wanting to hurt us. He's seeking to help us. He's seeking to mold us and shape us and make us like his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so there's Abram, now called Abraham, a new name. There's Sarah. Then there's this command. 
Not only was it painful, not only was it difficult, not only was it bloody, but do you realize that very day he carried it out that he circumcised all of the males in the household, therefore leaving them very vulnerable? Who was going to defend their tribe? Who was going to defend against attack? They had to rest completely and totally in God alone. I say again, trust and obey. God is faithful. By the way, I didn't finish that story from Cliff Barrows. And he goes on to say this. Somehow I always associate the message of trust and obey with Dawson Trotman. Dawson Trotman was with the Navigators and he worked uh, with them for several years. Uh, that is with the Billy Graham Association before his, etern- his, his, his untimely death. Cliff Barrow says Dawes, as he was known, often brought a message of the TNT of Christian service. TNT of Christian service. That is trust and tackle. Trust and tackle. He said the trust in this motto implies a complete childlike confidence in our Heavenly Father and an obedience to him in all of life's activities. Then we can be sure of God's strength bolstering us to tackle any challenge that comes our way, knowing that God will see us through. TNT, trust and tackle. And so what did Abram do? He, he had the TNT, he trusted God, and he tackled what God told him to do, even though it wasn't easy. Now, beloved, the message is simple today. Trust and obey. The message is simple, but the results of keeping it are sublime. I ask you today, are you living out those three simple words? Trust and obey. Father, it is with a grateful heart again that we bow in your presence. Thank you that you are El Shaddai. Almighty God, all-sufficient, faithful. Thank you that even when the commands and the challenges are difficult, you're with us. You're providing and guiding and caring and sharing with us. You have our very best in mind. Help us, Lord, to trust and obey. Even when we cannot figure out exactly where you're headed with whatever it is in our lives. Help us to trust and obey. You are worthy of our trust and obedience. Thank you that our salvation is not based in things that we can do with our hands, physical acts, good works, circumcision, any of that. It's by grace through faith. Thank you for the way you displayed that in Abraham's life. He believed you and you accounted it for righteousness. Lord, we know that you have things you want us to do and good works to follow. But Lord, help us always to keep them in proper order, realizing we're saved by grace through faith. And then because of that 
and our love for you and your love for us. We go out doing things for your honor and glory. I pray today if anybody's here who's maybe trusting in things that they do or things they've accomplished or whatever. That they would leave those things in terms of faith in Christ alone. I pray today if anyone here does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they would come during this invitation time and allow someone to sit down and share Christ with them. And then, Father, I pray for believers here today. I don't know exactly how you're guiding in each life. I don't know what each one's facing, but you do. Lord, I pray that you would help us to all have a fresh resolve with your Spirit's help. That we will trust and we will obey. Help us to do that. To experience that joy that's ours in Christ alone. Thank you, Lord, for the new names that you gave Abraham and Sarah. Thank you for the new name you've given to us, Christian. Follower of Christ. <coughs> Bless this invitation, I pray, in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We're going to sing that song in closing today. And I hope that the altar call today is simple and clear. Very, very, I'll, I'll reiterate it. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, we'd love to share Christ with you. We begin singing. I'll be down at the front. Just come and take me by the hand. Say, I want to know Jesus. And I'll put you with someone who will share Christ with you. Maybe you're here today and maybe you need to come and give some things to the Lord. Maybe these three words are what you really needed today. I pray so. Maybe you need to come and talk with the Lord about some things and lay some burdens down and say, Father, I'm going to trust and obey. 447 is our closing hymn, Trust and Obey. We'll stand up, sing out. You come. The altar's open. 447, let's sing.